Welcome to Green Rapids. Nancy and Erica, you're listening to Green Rapids, and we are here today with Janet. Hi. Or a special guest. (laughs) Um, Yeah, if you want to introduce yourself. I'm Janet Zahn, one of the co-chairs of the Grand Rapids Climate Coalition. Woohoo! What is the Grand Rapids Climate Coalition? The Grand Rapids Climate Coalition is a grassroots organization with almost 80 member groups. (gasps) We have nonprofits small businesses, Mm -hmm. education groups, faith groups, and hundreds of individuals who all come together because they care about climate change and climate justice. That's exciting. I did not know there was 80. I was thinking more like 20. Oh, no. When we started in 2021, February of 2021 is when the coalition was formed. I think we had 17 or 19 groups when we first started Mm -hmm. and we have steadily been recruiting more and more folks who care about this issue because climate change is affecting everybody in different ways Mm -hmm. and um, so we continue to reach out and bring more people in to build a movement yeah trying to normalize the conversation about climate and I think it says so much that there was like at the beginning already 17 organizations ready to jump on board mm-hmm. and that you've grown 70 or almost 70 <laughs> in two years. That's huge. That is super huge. I didn't realize it was like a newer organization. I kind of almost expected it to be like, oh, yeah, we've been around since like the 90s. <laughs> oh, no. Like we d- we originally were founded by folks who created Grand Rapids Climate Action. And oh. that was a small that was a small group that said, hey, we want to work on a climate resolution. We want the city of Grand Rapids to commit to climate, excuse me, carbon neutrality by 2030. Mm -hmm. And so we, but we were like this tiny little group. We're like, hey, we should make a coalition, Mm -hmm. a group of groups, because then we'll have more power. And that's when we started the coalition and said, hey, let's let's open our arms and our doors and bring as many people into this work as possible. I love it. Got to amplify the voices. That's right. So you just mentioned before we started that you've been with them since... Um, Grand Rapids Climate Coalition began, right? Yes. I love hearing that. That is just so cool. So, like, you've seen all the changes that have happened over the years. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you said, it's a relatively new organization, but we have we've deliberately tried to keep our format open and nimble so that we can respond to opportunities that come. You know, okay, so maybe there's some state legislation that needs our attention that will help remove barriers to mm-hmm. um, better sustainability. So we can we can jump on that. We have a very fluid um, plan of action, I guess I would say. You know, So we yeah. can collaborate with our member groups and other groups who aren't yet members, mm-hmm. um, but who are doing climate work. We, we have collaborated with UCC, with the Urban Core Collective, on a number of occasions, mm-hmm. with the Citizens Climate Lobby, who is mm-hmm. a member group, Sierra Club, NAACP. Yep. You know, lots of different, um, WEMIAC, Blanford Nature Center, a lot of the usual suspects that yeah, you would like think. I love the usual yeah. suspects. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, yeah, we try to make it um, easy for our members to lift up each other's work, you know, as a coalition, as a group of groups, mm-hmm. we don't want to duplicate anywhere. If one of our members is already doing something, we'd right. rather just help push that effort forward and then use our 
um, our energy to fill in the gaps right. of things that we don't see already happening. Okay, well, that's where we should make our movement. Mm -hmm. yeah. So avoiding redundancy, which Nancy and I, I think, have mentioned quite a bit That's before. efficient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I try it. We're looking, for, we're looking for greater efficiency, and that can be hard because I think the cool thing about Grand Rapids is there are so many groups that mm -hmm. care about this, you know, that the, our, uh, the number of groups that are members of the coalition is testimony to that in one way. But also just like, hey, if you go out there and you look, it's like, oh, somebody's working on, you know, climate justice in this regard. Somebody's looking at energy equity. Somebody's mm -hmm. looking at how does how does climate affect us in our homes? You know, how yeah. how is it affecting us in our green spaces, our, our physical health or, you know, air quality? There's so yeah. many different mm -hmm. ways. It's like bringing that work together as a coalition. We're really trying to keep our arms around all of it. Mm -hmm. And um, like you said, not duplicate, but amplify the impact yeah especially because like you were saying like there is like there's so many facets to climate change and how it affects all of us so like you have all the experts rounded up around this like single round table yeah if it was like here's the one thing we have to do to fix climate change that would be awesome oh yeah. if, but if someone has that answer please let us know. but it's really a thousand things or more <laughs> mm -hmm. that we have to do and so i think that's where it can be really hard for people to feel like how can I be effective when this is just this one little part? But in reality, it's all those little parts mm -hmm. working together that makes the big wave we're trying to achieve at this point. Yeah. And I sometimes explain that to my friends, like even like with your own physical health, like it's not just one thing that you do, right? Like you mm -hmm. can't just eat healthy and then lay in bed 24 seven. Like it's like, Gotta eat healthy, gotta exercise, gotta get outside, get some fresh air once in a while. Gotta, gotta get sleep your, enough. Gotta sleep enough. <laughs> I was one of those five hour champs when I was oh, in college. Oh, Nancy, knock it off. Mm -hmm. It's not champion. <laughs> it's not champ status. Um, but I do like the analogy you just used, thinking about like how a wave is made up of literally millions of drops of water. Like right. you can't just be one wave. I mean, some people are waves, but like most waves are made up of so much force and it's individual forces coming together to create like a larger momentum momentum absolutely yeah. right and that's that's why i think the the benefit and the power behind having a coalition is like we've got all these droplets of all the different groups that care mm -hmm. and each one's doing a, a small part and you know as individuals we're each doing our small part and that's that's what elevates um climate change and climate justice to mm -hmm. the level of being you know just part of our everyday conversations and not something that's tucked off in the corner and we pull it off when we want to feel good about ourselves right. and yeah. do mm -hmm. this do this thing it's like no this is kind of how we live our lives mm -hmm. and you know, i think with with the coalition a big part of what we try to do in the beginning of each year is all right what do our members want to focus on what do they want to put their energy behind and for mm -hmm. this year um because Grand, the city of Grand Rapids is redoing its master plan, yeah. Yeah. that was that actually rose to the top level of people's concern because mm -hmm. they recognized that what we need to, to really build the movement is to have climate change be part of all of the conversations. Absolutely. So how do we insert that into the Grand Rapids master plan? Mm -hmm. That That's part of the consideration when we're making decisions, and mm -hmm. that is a plan that will last for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So if it's not in there it'll be harder for us to get that work done. Yes, and if it's in 20 years, yeah. that's like past our 2030 mark. Way past, oh, right. the 2030 right. mark. So we really got to do it now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, I think, you know, finding a way to balance the, the very real urgency 
that exists Mm -hmm. with the reality of individual people's capacity to do work is that's part of the challenge whenever you're doing climate work it's like how how can I feel good about my small part in this you know I'm going to keep doing my small part and Mm -hmm. and know that it's it's not all mine to take care of, but yeah. I do have a part to play. Yes, as do we. Like all. keep it realistic, mm-hmm. but also like don't totally back away from it because you know you can't do everything. Mm-hmm. The individual action definitely makes right. a difference. I, I think that hopelessness is a big detractor from engagement. So what we have to yeah, be able to do is true. say, here's the vision of what it can be mm-hmm. if we get our act together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I get caught up in the doom and gloom sometimes myself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I it's, haven't noticed, it's, Nancy. It's, it's hard not to. It's hard not to because, because the reality is pretty grim if we don't do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that motivation is we can have a healthy planet. We can have renewable energy. We can have green spaces. We can have food justice. Um, we can have all these things mm-hmm. if we work together. Mm-hmm. And so, like, continuing to cast out that hopeful vision, I think, is what's more inspiring to people than, like, the doom and gloom of, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, uh, the post-apocalyptic scenarios yeah. that are also out there. Eek. And to be fair to Nancy's point, if we don't see the effects that we're mm-hmm. facing, mm-hmm. then we won't do anything about it. So some part of it is like being educated on the really intense portions of climate change. And then yeah. the other is being informed on the solutions for climate change. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is that it's balancing the the, rea- the grim reality with the hopeful future. Totally. Yeah. Oh, look, you put that so nicely. It was That was a really great. What are some milestones that GRCC has reached since your inception or the inception right thank you um i'd say that um we were formed with this intention that the city would pass a resolution committing to community-wide carbon neutrality and they didn't do that but they did pass a resolution with a municipal goal Mm -hmm. and with a commitment to work towards creating a community goal and so i feel like this was another one of those opportunities to say, okay, we didn't get that huge wave we were hoping, but we got some droplets in the, you know, on this, on the, on uh-huh. the beach. We've got some ripples, and and that is the inspiration to continue doing more of the work. Yeah. So I think that the the city's passage of the municipal goal was, you know, our first victory, if you will, mm-hmm. and then, you know, continuing to um, advocate with the city commissioners, the mayor, Mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to expand into more of a countywide approach because uh, guess what? Climate change does not observe, you know, Mm -hmm. city boundaries. (laughs) And and we may as well, there's many of the problems that we face which aren't um, dependent upon the city alone, that a a countywide approach will be more effective. And even statewide sometimes, it's really hard to pin down. Oh, absolutely. You know, the the state, I I would say that um, another victory that we can't take uh, sole responsibility for, but we participated in last year, the major effort um, by a number of groups to um, submit massive amounts of com- public comments to oh. to the Michigan Public Service Board mm-hmm. uh, with regard to Consumers Energy's Integrated Resources Plan. Now that sounds <gasps> all wonky, but it was it's kind of like a master plan for for consumers energy. for consumers energy yeah. what they're going to do in the next you know ten year ten to fifteen years, and their original plan was not nearly 
as um, assertive in its goals as we wanted to see. And, okay. bec and because thousands of comments were made, the ultimate plan that was approved was much better. Okay, good. It includes what a relief. Yeah, it was a great relief, you know, and so now we're kind of in that same process with DTE because mm -hmm. they're doing mm -hmm. their plan. Right. Uh, but I think that seeing that we can work at the hyper-local level, we can work, you know, with a neighborhood association with our city, mm -hmm. but we also have to work at the state level because some of those barriers um, and decisions that are made at the state level will impact our ability to have an effect locally. Yeah, absolutely. And a good reminder that um, rallying together mm -hmm. makes your voice louder and that empowerment makes changes mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, we all know one person <laughs> says something and you might not change something, but a dozen people or a hundred people or hundreds or thousands of people mm -hmm. say we want this difference and you c it's harder to ignore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Building the movement. Now, if, if I were to say, we know what is what is Grand Rapids Climate Coalition, how do we do our work? And we do our work through, you know, advocacy that yeah. is, you know, directly lobbying our elected officials mm -hmm. on policies that we would like to see implemented or changed. It's building the movement. So mm -hmm. it is doing things like having, uh, you know, the Earth Day March. And, yeah. and By the time this episode airs, it will be over with. Yeah. But, yeah, but, but for doing, us, it's still in the future. Yeah. We're excited. But doing activities that bring people together in the community mm -hmm. to share their concerns, their passion for the work, and then education, like like the um, climate panel discussion that's going to happen also in <gasps> the future, in the, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> in the future, in the past. In the future, in the past. But looking at how we can bring people together mm -hmm. to um, empower them, like I, to know they can make a difference. You right, know? Yeah. And I just continue to say, man, if I reach out to my commissioners, they respond to me. And you know what? They'll respond to you too. So yeah. the more they hear directly from the people who elected them, mm -hmm. you know, I, that I think is such an important part of the work is letting the, letting the people who make decisions know that we care about how they make those decisions. Totally. And getting answers when you ask them directly about mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. How can I remind residents that you serve directly how you feel about the climate or, or what your plans might be? Mm -hmm. And so I think that transparency is really nice to have, especially from a trusted coalition with mm -hmm. so many members. That's mm -hmm. really huge for residents to get that um, support as well. Yeah, so I guess basically education, outreach, and advocacy are the three things, the, you main know, things. the, the three ways that we do our work. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Um, what are some positive changes or negative changes you've seen in Grand Rapids over the last couple of years as you've been working with the coalition? And then I know you're also really active with a lot of other organizations throughout the city. Yeah, I, th I think that um, just seeing climate pop up as a more ordinary part of conversations and um, seeing the willingness of various groups to join our effort mm -hmm. is to me is positive that we have nearly 80 and my goal is 100 by the end of this year just so you know yeah I'm, I'm motivated That's awesome. <laughs> I'm motivated but you know just to, to building that movement getting um, climate justice to be a more ordinary part of conversation I mm -hmm. think is really hopeful yeah. you know seeing that there's interest in things like community composting, that mm -hmm. there's interest in renewable energy, that there's interest in and that people are starting to um, think differently about transportation. Those are all things that that matter, and it feels like they're slowly but surely becoming a more normalized part of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and then I, even just like us going to restaurants and things, we've noticed that more places are using more like compostable, like um, <gasps> biodegradable cutlery or can like we, takeout containers. Can like, we shout out where we went? Field and Fire the other day, we went and I think at least eighty or ninety percent of what they ninety percent of what they gave us was like biodegradable or to- compostable. It just felt so good to not feel guilty for getting Mm -hmm. a meal to go because Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody should feel guilty for that but like when you get it and it's excessive amounts of plastic you can't really avoid it another another little tip and trick that I have um, come up with over the years is I've saved a few of those plastic containers Mm -hmm. from carry out and I have them in my car so I bring oh. my own. If I know I'm not going to eat it, you know, okay, this place, I know they have big portions. I'm not going to eat it all. I bring my own container Love with that. me. That's smart. So there's, there's my, uh, my trick and tip for people. I love that. You know, when they talk about the reduce, reuse, recycle, reduce is the first one. So Huge. Take, yeah, I think so, too. so take fewer recyclable, even if they are recyclable or compostable, take fewer of those containers from the restaurant, bring the one you already have, and reuse it. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with this idea. I really do love We're gonna it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it now. Um, so since climate is trending now, like how do you kind of project that that's going to be affecting the movement within like the next three to five years? Like, do you think that the city will actually be pressured to take some more, a more bolder approach or, you know, is there things that residents can do or should do within the next couple of years as we're nearing our scary 2030? I know it, it is feel like that date is rapidly approaching. Mm-hmm. Well, the city has a number of policies already and some great goals in place. I think that it's up to community members to, to um, support those mm-hmm. and advocate for stronger, uh, more aggressive goals. Yeah. And, and the more that we say we care about that, the more pressure it puts on, on them mm-hmm. to do so. Yeah. Uh, I want to just acknowledge the fact that not every city has an office of sustainability, and we're lucky that we have yeah. that. That's true. Um, That's true. And you know they're they're working hard. I think that with community support, they can do more. Mm-hmm. I think it, a lot has to do with with how our um, our tax dollars are allocated. So, Absolutely. So we can perhaps reinvest some of the money that we have toy, in, toy. in in different <laughs> ways uh-huh. <laughs> you know just just looking at what is it you know how is our community feel safe mm-hmm. and part of that for sure is environmental sustainability so totally. you know my my shout out to the city's office of sustainability is hey i just want you to have more money so you can do more absolutely <laughs> well, and somebody said i think they were talking about ann arbor and how they have like 11 staff members for their office of sustainability and i think we have three or four three three Three. right like think about how much work as the second largest city Mm -hmm. in the state that's i mean ann arbor is not even the second largest city in the state and they have five times as many people that are able to be funded for their jobs in their office so they have a long history of environmentalism and green policies um you know grand rapids kind of started out with that um i think that we have the opportunity to kind of climb back up the totem pole and become, you know, one of the the greener cities. But it's going to require doing some things differently, you know, making some other kinds of commitments. Ann Arbor did a a ballot initiative that was incredible, you know, that passed by 70% of of the the citizens to do a very aggressive 
um, climate action. That's okay. phenomenal. So, so that's that's partly why they get to have an eleven that's, person office of sustainability <laughs> because yeah. the whole community really cares, and that allows for them to do effective work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's so cool. I love. I just love hearing that. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as you ask the people, they give you an answer. That's the easiest way to make really big changes. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think that when we look around uh, the state of Michigan and we see other communities that have had victories in different ways, like on the lakeshore, where both Holland and Grand Haven have, you know, said no to coal plants along the, ri- along the lake. Yeah. They have their own community utilities, so they have a better ability to, to move towards... Um, renewable energy oh. without interference from you know utilities. Yeah. So that's um, pretty cool. Yeah, I, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, we can have each community is unique and different. So mm-hmm. when we can be inspired by what others have done successfully, like Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. like Kalamazoo, like Grand Haven, like you know up north in Traverse City, they mm-hmm. have some pretty active work happening there as well. True. You know, like sticking together and recognizing we can inspire each other to do more, mm-hmm. I think is such an important um, aspect of the work. Yeah. Seeing what we aren't we aren't really following. in a we aren't operating in a vacuum and let's not be in silos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we can take um, advice from places that are our neighbors mm-hmm. and try to implement them into our systems mm-hmm. because if mm-hmm. Ann Arbor can do it or if Traverse City can do it or if Holland can do it, there's really no reason why Grand Rapids can't as long as we follow the right steps to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think that the the biggest, when you're talking about what needs to happen in the next couple of years, Nancy, I think that there's mm-hmm. a, this moment that's before us right now is money from the Inflation Reduction Act that's available. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. there is federal money and there's state money, too, as far as that goes. Um, we have a governor who's pretty committed to sustainability. And if we can take advantage of the government funding that's out there Mm -hmm. to supplement what the city budget has or what they feel like they lack in terms Mm -hmm. of ability to do some significant infrastructure projects. That, I think, is where um, putting our community voices Mm -hmm. to both the city and the county, both Grand Rapids and Kent County, and, and if you live in one of the other little cities in Grand Rapids, advocating for how can we get that federal and state money to come here mm-hmm. so we can use it and because yeah. it's not going to be there it won't just come to us unless we ask for it mm-hmm. so so let's look at what could make the biggest impact mm-hmm. you know what can we do around some of the really snarly issues like transportation it's like yeah. it's yeah, huge it's a big one. you know and waste management that is another one that's that is that one. those are huge and so this is an opportunity and you know renewable energy how can we really take advantage of the moment you know mm-hmm. that we have political will at the state level yeah. we have federal dollars available let's mm-hmm. see how we can make our biggest impact right now that will help advance the goals that we have mm-hmm. and help us to set more aggressive goals absolutely yeah. that's why doing the education you're doing is so important mm-hmm. it's just getting everybody on the same page so that when we get to the point for voting for these things we have informed you know choices to make mm-hmm. right Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm just so excited talking to you right now. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, what I, are some I get excited about it. It's like <laughs> it's the thing I probably care the most about. Well, then I guess it's a really 
I, what are your passions? Because, like, yeah, obviously you're really excited. Really and, like, what are your influences? Why are, like, some reasons you got into doing this as work? Well, I've been a nature lover from childhood. You know, I grew up along Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. And so I have the water and sand dunes in my blood and in my DNA. And mm-hmm. so I've always cared about this stuff. And I'm old enough that I have a history of... Um, and environmental activism back in the 90s. I did several years of advocacy around pesticide regulations. That was what really got me activated. Um, It was like the idea that people were using all these poisons in their yards. And, and, you know, that got me all revved up. (laughs) Like, all right, what's what's going on? What is going on right now? And how could I how could I plug into this? So, Uh you know, I, I have cared a lot. I think that um, for me, it's and this is this is acknowledging my my privilege um, in life. It's like it is enough just to care about the planet. But I also recognize that for many people who who don't have a privileged life, it has to hit them in a more direct way. Mm-hmm. And and I think part of the work that I care about most right now is helping people to understand that climate if does affect everybody mm-hmm. and and making weaving those connections between what's happening in your house what's happening with food yep. what is happening with your you know your energy bills with the with the air you breathe all of these things are connected to to um, the climate emergency yeah. and so i think that how do we make it real for everybody because yeah. if it's real for you then you're going to even with limited energy, if it's real for you, you're more inclined to do something. You know, if if I don't see how that connects to me personally, I may not feel like I need to do anything about no. it. Yeah, and in this city, I feel like we do go through a little bit of a disconnect because, you know, we just go to, food comes from a grocery store, right? But we don't think about the fact that, like, hey, climate affects agriculture. Agriculture affects, like, food availability or food scarcity. That affects like and inflation. The price of food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. food inflation. And it's just like really is, and like, you know, not just inflation or like, you know, prices going up, but also if it's available or not. Mm-hmm. So it's a, something that people I feel like don't really consider until it is already a problem, but not so much before it becomes a problem. Yeah, and I think that in terms of what would make the biggest impact in, you know, reducing the carbon footprint of the community as a whole mm-hmm. is the switch to renewable energy. So, mm-hmm. you know, what can we do? to to put solar in this city in this yeah. county uh, that is i think the most uh, mini max you know yeah. minimum effort maximum result is mm-hmm. is to go solar as much as we can so mm-hmm. um, i think that i'm i'm passionate about that i'm i'm learning every day more about how to do this work because i don't have uh, a background in climate science yeah. or anything like that. I'm just hey, a regular. of us do. I'm just a regular person who cares <laughs> okay. and decided to, you know, okay, what are the skills that I have that I can bring to this mm-hmm. issue? And I think that would be my my call to action for anybody. Is like, hey, there's a place for everybody in this work. And what are you good at? You know, are you good at connecting people? Are you good at, you know, tracking things? Are you good at, you know getting out and talking to your neighbors what is it that that you're good at because everybody's good at something yeah and Mm -hmm. and know that there's a place for you you know and that 
again, going back to that whole drops of water in the wave, uh, everybody's drop of water matters, and we want it to be clean and fresh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The cleanest drops we can find. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kind of related to that, you know, you're talking about, like, just, like, what you bring to the table. Um, Dr. Ayanna Elizabeth Johnson, who is a marine biologist and also a climate activist, has a really cool Venn diagram on her website where there's three circles. One says, what brings you joy? The other circle is what work needs to be done, and the other circle says what are you good at, and then what's in the mm-hmm. middle is that's your climate action. Yeah, and that can look so different for every individual, which is really cool. I love Venn diagrams. I also love a good <laughs> Venn diagram. <laughs> Don't get me started on a Venn diagram. <laughs> I will go off. <laughs> well, that funny. is that is a really good one, and I think that you know finding the different lenses through which to approach this is so important mm-hmm. because there's that thousand or million things that we have to do not just the one thing so you know what's what's the part that works for you and do it mm-hmm. yeah. joyfully yeah so the three of us are not trained experts and yet we are in this work mm-hmm. what are some ways people so can get who can get involved yeah. in action in the climate action well for grand rapids climate action you know there's different ways you could get involved we encourage if you represent a group or a business to become a member because that adds to the power of our voice mm-hmm. and um, helps build the movement. But if you you actually want to like do stuff, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things we're trying to bring people in to help us with our communications. You know, we have a we have a very active communications group, but we need more people to help us, you know, develop our social media strategies and, you know, do graphic design, just some of those basic kinds of things mm-hmm. that any organization would need. We need those too. Mm-hmm. We also need people who are willing to um, show up and give comments at in public meetings and like the uh, city commission or county commission meetings, you know, uh, individual voices really matter. So you know, if you're not too shy to stand up and do that, we'd love to have you be part of it, part mm-hmm. of that group. Um, if you don't like to stand up and, you know, speak in public, you can have your voice heard by being part of the team that responds when all the different organizations say, we need someone to send an email now. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. th- can you make a call right now? You know, that. I've done. I participated with the Citizen Climate Lobby. Mm-hmm. Um, had a thing where you could sign up, and for I don't know, maybe a couple of years, I feel like I did. Once a month, they would send me a text and say, "Today, it's your time to call." You oh know, yeah, stabbing out Peters and and Meyer, and so they would say, "Like, here's your script," you know, and you could say that exactly, or you could you know add mm-hmm. to it. But you know, I think that being willing to be part of the group that's um, that is constantly responding to, we need a lot of people who will make a comment now. That is an important role. It doesn't feel very sexy, but the more people that do it, the more, um, the more people have to, they have to listen to, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, Hey, I had, you know, if a elected official says I had like, depending as a, local state federal you know i had 50 people locally contact me that's yeah, huge, that's huge. Mm-hmm. even five or ten people con- contacting someone about the sig- same issue is significant yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so so being willing to you know like sh- shoot an email or respond to click on a link and you know sign your name to stuff that matters yeah. um showing up and talking about what you care about matters mm-hmm. tabling at events you know there's a lot of different things that that are helpful to our our work and of course you know, changing your own behavior in those ways that um, that individuals can. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like anybody. But you did mention mm-hmm. membership to the Grand Rapids Climate Coalition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
If you go, if you what does that take? Yeah, if you were to send an email to info at grclimate.org, we could send you the information. And mm-hmm. it's a really, you know, the requirement to be a member is very simple. We don't demand a lot from anyone. We hope you'll get involved, but you can be a member as simply as as signing off on the thing and says, "Hey, we agree with with your goals," yeah. and mm-hmm. you can use our logo on your website. <laughs> you know, nice. I mean, yeah, it can yeah. be as simple as that. We hope that people will be more engaged than that. And so, you know, we meet a couple times a month by Zoom. That makes it easy for people to participate. Mm -hmm. You know, we give updates on, you know, what are we working on currently? We give our member groups an opportunity to share what they're working on, if they have calls to action out Mm -hmm. there. So, um, yeah, there's a place for everybody, and we'd love to have you come along. You know what I was just thinking, too? Like, um, as an employee, if maybe you don't have your own business or you don't have your own group, maybe you could form a group within the place that you work in or ask your employer to potentially like join in on doing something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we tell people like, hey, this matters to me, no matter who they are, mm-hmm. um, it just builds that awareness. You, know, you could say, hey, I think we should join this. And I think we should also do composting as yeah. you know, a business. Or mm-hmm. I think we should also make sure that we're recycling or donating more. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and and you don't have to be part of a business or a group to be part of the coalition, you know. And any individual who cares can can be actively involved. Yeah. And um, yeah, we well, just say the more the merrier. Even That's when we true. did the art build, I mean, how many individuals were just there volunteering for their time? Yeah, there was at least I think three or four younger people who were just there mm-hmm. helping out. And so I mean, I I would assume that the teenagers weren't involved in their own uh, group or, you yeah, know. I think they were from the Sunrise Movement. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sunrise is, Sunrise GR is one of our member groups. I so, love so, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, those young voices matter so much, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's why we're doing it. We're doing it for you. I mean, as someone that is, you know, not a, a young person anymore. I might mm-hmm. be young in spirit, but my body is not as young <laughs> as it once was. So, you know, I think about the the generations coming after me and it's like, man, yeah. I mm-hmm. want them to have a place that's as livable as the one I'm in. Absolutely. Well, Janet, you've been talking about pesticides since the 90s and a lot of people wouldn't even consider what that means for their lives. Mm-hmm. But now everybody knows that they impact our pollinators, you know, 30 right. years later. Right. So that's huge. Right. Yeah. Well, I was concerned. For me, it was... Can I tell you the story? I'll oh, tell you the story. Yeah, go for it. Story. Oh, we, we yeah, whatever love you want to do. Story. We love the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was, um, I'd become like kind of a home herbalist. I was teaching my my preschool kids that you can just pick anything out of the yard and eat it and taste yeah. it and sample it. I mm-hmm. was wildcrafting medicines. And one day, kids and I had been out. We came home and there was one of those true green flags <gasps> in the yard. And I was like, what the heck is this? I didn't, and they're like, and a bill in my drawer. And a bill? <laughs> yeah, so I call uh. them up, and I'm like, hey, you're not supposed to, what the heck is this? And they're like, oh, probably your neighbor complained, and they just reported you. And I was like, something is wrong here that you don't have to have, like, a signed agreement before you put poisons on people's yards. Yeah. And, and I got I got super in, incensed about it. And somehow, I don't remember who it was, said, you should talk to Wemiak. And mm-hmm. they at the t- they were doing lobbying at the state level at that point, and I mm-hmm. just kind of jumped into it. Mm-hmm. Again, no, not really knowing what I was doing, but they were trying to, and, and they the, the um, industry successfully lobbied to prevent any local ordinances. So you can only have the oh. state law. You can't have, if you have a community that wanted to have a stricter law, you can't do that. Oh. You know, preemption is what they they were working on at the mm-hmm. time. 
And what I ended up doing, you know, the trade-off was we're going to require integrated pest management at schools because <gasps> a lot of people who were there were saying, oh. you know, what this is, children's bodies are so much more vulnerable to mm -hmm. these toxins. And, you know, how do we know they are just going in randomly spraying stuff? Yeah. And so that was a reasonable trade-off, but what i what i my my real activism then was to conduct a local survey all the different school districts do you know what integrated pest management is do you know yeah. you know are you doing it do you know what to do yeah. and um you know just to check in and see what were they doing mm -hmm. did they know how to do it and i got a great response from the uh, guy who was in charge of grand rapids public school and he got totally behind it and so grps mm. the second largest school district in the state um adopted and implemented integrated pest management right away great wow. yeah yeah okay so that probably felt so good like as an individual just like getting started like what can i do and all of a sudden yeah I th happens. well i think that's the thing you just never know spy is a lovely motivator <laughs> <laughs> right like you're not gonna spray this in my yard hold yeah. up yeah 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 anyway so that that was a great um opportunity for me to see that yeah an individual can make a difference mm -hmm. and and i didn't really think of it as that so much until I saw um, the guy from Grand Rapids Public Schools, Bob Stoddard, who then left the school system and started his own integrated pest management <gasps> business. What? No yeah. way. Yeah, I saw him. Janet. I'm like, hey, I didn't know if you would remember me. And he goes, what? You changed my life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my like, gosh. Oh, oh, that oh, is so beautiful. Oh, it does make a difference what you do. So yeah, I love that. And it comes full circle, too. Like, I mean, how much more your kids know for foraging and just all of that. Right. Yeah, they turned out to be tree huggers. So, oh. yay. Oh, no kidding. Right. <laughs> well, I also turned out to be a tree hugger, <laughs> so yeah. all yeah. of us had that oh, little hey. bit or piece. Mm -hmm. So our call to action for this episode, since we're all going to be doing like spring cleaning, um, we would like to see if we could maybe repurpose or refurbish something instead of just getting rid of it. Um, either that or consider a yard sale or donating it if it is something that you have to get rid of. I personally just, we love a new project, right? Or like, like if you, I don't know, need a a dresser um, and you don't like yours, maybe you consider cleaning it or, or painting Paint. it or restaining it. Mm -hmm. Repurposing stuff can really kind of fill that cup there. Mm -hmm. I've done, I've um, repurposed pallets, you know, those wooden pallets. Mm -hmm. I had a few of those laying around and I made a table out of one. Oh, and that's cool. Yeah, and I used one to make some raised beds. Now it eventually, this was years ago, and eventually it, you know, it was wood, so it fell apart. Oh, of but, course. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. It's organic matter, and that's well, good. How that's many fair. more years did the pallets get exactly. instead of just being burned or thrown away? Exactly. Yeah, yeah I have some yeah. pallets that I keep meaning to make into, like, a compost bin, but... Yeah, I think yeah, my, my ongoing too. repurposing is, is, you know, my 30 years of composting. You know, the, <laughs> the, the food that I don't eat, my yard scraps become part of my garden next year. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm yeah, it's, it's enclosed right in my own yard. Yeah. I encourage people to, you know, look for ways that you can either compost yourself. If you, if you have a yard, can you do it outside? If you don't, can you, you know... W arrange with one of the services mm -hmm. to have someone pick it up. You mm -hmm. have a friend who composts, and yeah. you know, once a week you just take a 
Take a little bucket. Take a bucket and give it to them. Yeah. I mean, my compost bin is always open to receive. <laughs> Never upset stuff. with that. Or yeah. um, even community gardens, yeah. they mm-hmm. might take it. Mm-hmm. Um, so composting and then potentially either find a way to repurpose. If you have time, maybe give it to a friend who does have time to repurpose um, or just consider donation in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, Thank you so much for being here today. I feel Thanks like I learned a lot, me. but every time I talk to you, I feel like I learned something really interesting about you, and I mm-hmm. just, I love hearing your stories. Well, thanks for the invitation. Thanks for the work that you're doing to mm-hmm. put this um, s- a very important subject matter out into, you know, the ethers where more people can hear about it and mm-hmm. find ways to make their own way in the process of dealing with climate, climate change. change and hopefully climate advocacy too yeah I mean, as as unofficial <laughs> environmentalists <laughs> we uh, gain a lot from these conversations like yeah. this is how we've all learned right sure. documentaries mm-hmm. books and conversations with Absolutely. people so we learn from each other this is huge remember word of mouth is powerful so spread the word it mm-hmm. is and we are all baby drops of a wave that's right there so you go. that's right so waving goodbye yeah <laughs> well let's wave goodbye and thank you again um, yeah. for joining us today thank you at home for listening to green rapids podcast we will